This is the Retail Politics Podcast. Here we strive to give you the best political information about your nation. One download at a time. Here's your host, former congressional correspondent and award-winning reporter, Jerry Shields. Thank you, listeners, for joining us with 30 minutes of your precious time. And today we are going to talk about the politics of holiday songs. Every year we have tons of songs out there. There are new ones. And we thought we'd just have a little fun with our technical producer, Brad Maybe, who puts together every year the Eggnog Playlist. Welcome, Brad. Hello, Jerry. Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas to you, too. Well, I guess we should say Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day! It's a big day in Canada, isn't it? I don't. Well, I mean, I they close why. the stores. I don't. I don't know if anyone's actually celebrating box. It's just a banker's holiday. Really. <laughs> yeah, I used to. People down here in Florida, we would talk, and people would say, um, "I'd say, yeah, I was a champion boxer." Oh, really? I said, "Yeah, grapefruits <laughs> and oranges." You know. <laughs> so, so anyway, tell us about this list. Jeez, it's got to be fifteen years ago already. I had an iPod. Remember iPods, Jerry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, come Christmas time, I, I never really could find the Christmas music that spoke to me. It was either always one thing or the other. You know, it was either too poppy, too old, or, you know, the, the rock guys didn't really have all that much, so it would be Christmas music mixed in with regular music, you know, kind of thing. Right, right, right. So I made a, a holiday playlist on my iPod, and then, you know, when I was decorating the tree or making cookies or wrapping presents, I had a go-to list of songs that I liked, and, and, that I, and I wanted to hear all of them. And then and in 2013, I don't even remember, I must have been drunk. That I, I just thought I'll take this playlist and string them all together in a 90 minute uh, one big mp3 and just put it online and, and stream it and email the link to all my friends and here you go Merry Christmas and then every year you change it you add you yeah so so then it kind of became a challenge like the next year I'm like well let me do this again and, and not repeat any songs and it was somewhere in there and the second year I realized that there is, and I always refer to it as this way, there is a billion hours of recorded Christmas music in the world that most people do not hear. That's pretty fascinating. And it's mostly because, you know, come Thanksgiving, it's Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, I'm <laughs> and, and then that's all, you know, I'm like, now it seems like that's getting bigger and bigger every year. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I, I, it's been interesting because I've been listening to a lot uh, this week. And uh, I was wondering what, what really qualifies as a holiday song. I think there should be some standards. There should be a bell in there. There should be some <laughs> jingling in there. And I hear a lot of songs where, you know, you got Ron Run, Run Rudolph by uh, Chuck Berry. It's basically a Chuck Berry song that, you know, it's, it's basically tw his 12 songs, but he puts in Run, Run Rudolph and it's a holiday song. So, well, well, well the theme, yeah, it's, it's about, you know, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. Uh, there are some songs that when you listen to, uh, you know, the, the theme might be Christmas, but if the music just sounds like, yeah, like what they're doing normally, I, I don't. I stay away from songs like that. It has to have a feel. Like if you're sipping some cocoa by a fire and this is on, it has to make it feel like Christmas. It's very interesting you say that because um, I, I love Paul McCartney, but I hate his Christmas song. It's just a Paul McCartney song and Elton John the same way. 
No, no. The, the problem with the Paul McCartney song is it's not that it's just a Paul song. It, it's because it's worse. It's probably the dumbest song <laughs> he ever wrote. I mean, like the, the, the part about the kids practicing a song all year. I'm like, how are these special needs kids? How long do they need to learn a Christmas carol? Uh, that's great. And you, you mentioned Rudolph, and one song I kept hearing this week was uh, D. Martin singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And he calls him Rudy. I'm like, you can't call Rudolph Rudy. That's you. That's Rudolph. Well, you know, that's funny because Sammy Davis does a pretty good Sammy Davis-esque version of Jingle Bells that ends uh-huh. with a, like a jingle, jingle all yes, the day. Yes. I can't even remember. Yes, like, they're doing the lounge thing. They're bringing in the lounge act, you know. It's like jingle like, all the morning. I can't. Well, it's, it's violation. It's a violation. You should have bells in there. Like you listen to Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. Now they got a little jingle in there in the beginning and it's a different little theme in the beach. But tell us about the eggnog. What'd you find this year? This is the ninth one. I, I just put together the ninth one. And essentially the rule is make it about 90 minutes and that works out to about 30 songs. So mm-hmm. every year I have to look for 30 songs that I haven't put on the list. Wow, that's a hard thing. With the internet and Spotify and all the music services uh, as well as they are now, it's it's easy to find this music. It's It just takes a lot of time to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so there was a night last week or two two weeks ago already. I spent like three hours just listening wow. to Christmas music to the point where I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I, can't, I yes. gotta go. Yes, I gotta you've had away. enough eggnog. You've had enough yeah. of your eggnog. That's right. I'm always looking for uh, old classics that that have forgotten. Like when you think of Brenda Lee, rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah you yeah. think of that, and that's it. She's got a song called "I'm Gonna Lasso Santa Claus." <laughs> <laughs> which is is really great it's a forgotten gem it's it's her the, the theme of the song is i'm gonna lasso santa and take all his presents and give them Excellent. to girls and boys that are less fortunate that don't always get oh, presents. robin hood santa claus yeah, is robin hood yeah and it's it's got humor it's very bluesy and it's it was a delight it was just an absolute delight and um, now how do you find that you just go in there and search and it's yeah it's you just every every year i just try and think of all the big names and then i just google their name and and just the word christmas and and see what comes up and a lot of these old schoolers have like a full album or albums of christmas music but like you know in brenda lee's case it's just rocking around the christmas tree and that's it yeah and um when i found this year bing crosby all right when you think of bing White He's Christmas. Got a, yeah. He did uh, something called, a song called Papa Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And it's just about the toys holding a party for Santa. And the Andrew oh. sisters sing on it. And it's just, oh, that's it's cool. just t- it takes you yeah. back to a different time. And it's got a, yes. you know, you know, and they, they did it right. You know, there's a big band. There's probably 30 yes. pro guys playing on, yes. this, on yes. the song. So it just sounds great. So mm-hmm. I, I love to find the old school stuff like that, that you don't always hear. And he had that cool song, Melikaliki Maka, which was yes. the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian uh, greeting. And that was a that was a neat song. I like that song. You know, and the, the, the fun part about that song, it's it's been covered a lot since. And uh, there's a lot of ska bands that like to do. I like ska bands. Really? And really? They'll do, they'll do that song up, right? Yeah. I would like to hear. I'm going to hear that by a ska band. Definitely. Oh, yeah. it's, well, it's great. You know, you're just going to... Uh, Spotify, if you know how to spell Melikaliki. <laughs> like every version of the song will come straight up for you. And you can and you keep scrolling down. And you can find bands that like 
you know, and that's the best part. You can find uh, bands that like, you know, no one ever heard of. And they did a version of this song 20 years ago. Right. And it's brilliant. I, yes, I, I yes. uncovered a band called Holly Go Lightly. That was a 90s indie English rock band. And they did a song called Christmas Tree on Fire. And it's essentially about Great. Uh, uh, they left the Christmas tree up too long. They were, <laughs> they were breaking up and it caught fire because it dried out. And um, that starts off the eggnog playlist this year. And it's like hilarious. And it just has a, a, a wonderful Christmas theme running through it. And there, But you met the Christmas thing. But then you got these songs that don't like an ah, The Kinks are my favorite band of all time. But Father Christmas, give me your money. I'll steal your presents. And then you've got uh, you've got uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. DUI. The guy's on a DUI. He ran somebody over. And those ones, I, I don't understand. They're popular, but I don't understand them. Well, I mean, Father Christmas is, is more of a social commentary then it, you know, it is a Christmas song. I mean, right. you know, that was, was that England in the late seventies and the eighties? Yes, that's true. That's that, true. I mean, that is yes, just, that's, that's a rough time for the, for the UK there. So, yeah. um, but you know, Grammar ran over, I don't look at it as something serious. It's just a goofball song. Come on, yeah. Grandma ran over. I love that song. One of my favorite funny songs is Weird Al's Christmas at Ground Zero, which is essentially a nuclear holocaust on Christmas Day. Yeah, and we were talking about, and, and one of the artists I love, and I've never heard of a Christmas album by him, was Stevie Wonder. And he has that one song, Someday at Christmas, and mm-hmm. basically saying Someday at Christmas we'll have peace. And it, it's, a, it's a poignant song every year because we've mm-hmm. got the war issues and we've got the, and, and, you know, Stevie Wonder is kind of a wholesome guy and just hearing him sing it is, and I've heard a couple other songs by him and again there you know there's no carol bells there's no it's just stevie wonder songs uh well you know it's funny you mentioned that record he's another one of those guys that everyone goes to someday at christmas is stevie's he did a whole album there's a song on that album called uh one little christmas tree Mm-hmm. Which, which is like it's like the story of a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. How it was just sitting in the lot, and some family mm-hmm. took it home, and they made it magic. And it's that I song think I is may have remembered beautiful. That I yes, love that yes. song. Yes. And yes. Pearl Jam did a cover of "Someday at Christmas." I think it's like one of their uh, uh, Christmas club uh, fan club wow. uh, singles wow. that they sent out. So there's wow. there's a version of that uh, that that Pearl Jam's done, and um, sometimes. When when the when the classic version gets played out, you heard it too many times. You sure, still love the song, sure. and I and I love to hear you know modern uh, or younger bands take a stab uh, at the track to to kind of pump new life into it. So you found a you found a Mike Nesmith song this year, and that was kind of interesting because Nesmith died this year. He died recently, right? Last year, I don't know how they. They did this. They they put out a monkey's Christmas record last year that Yeah, and we should say Nesmith was the, the guitar player in the Monkeys, right? Or yes. Player, uh, we yeah. have Mickey well and he uh now with his passing, Mickey Dolans is the only one left. Wow. I didn't know Davy Jones was gone. Oh, oh my Davy Jones passed shoot almost ten over ten years ago. I Nobody say. called me. Nobody Yeah, no, you know, Davy nobody reached was a surprise. Out. So yeah, so they put out a Christmas record last year that I think Mickey and maybe Nesmith had did. I think Mickey just sang a couple new songs that people wrote for him, and he called together other Christmas stuff the Monkees had done. So Nesmith's version, it was the Christmas song. It is old, I'm assuming, and um, you know it was just out there. And it's funny, 
uh, every year I try and include someone who we lost uh, during the year on the eggnog playlist. Last year it was Kenny Rogers. So I, I went oh, to the, yeah, to the album that yeah. he did with Dolly, mm-hmm. uh, uh, home with bells on. They, they did a song, which I, I, I liked a lot. So God, they were great together. Wow. Yeah. What did you think about this Santa baby controversy? I mean, it's, uh, I guess mostly, I guess reared its head last year. It's about, no, it's called baby. It's cold outside. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's baby, good. it's cold outside. Yeah, what'd you think of that? I think it just started off as a, it was a Twitter joke, and it's been around for more than a, than a year. It's it's been like five years of this. So some comedian on Twitter or some smart aleck on Twitter wrote, you know, oh, it's Christmas time, time for the rapey version of it, baby, it's cold outside. And and again, it's it's people putting you know modern day uh, social norms on stuff that you know happened year eons before they were born. And they, they took a look at that song as like, you know, a guy was trying to get a girl drunk so he could take advantage of her and, and didn't leave. But the, 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 the truth of the matter was that song was written by like a husband and wife. And it was just something to be a playful song to sing at, at like a Christmas party one year or so. Uh, Everyone's hypersensitive. Yeah. <laughs> We do create controversy. We love the drama. America loves the drama. It definitely does. Yeah, there was someone pointing out recently about the little drummer boy. I guess one of the original. It doesn't have a drum in it. It's pum pum pum. It's like the rappers going, you know, it's just fake. Always hated that song. And then, of course, David Bowie, the coolest guy on the planet. Yes. Only Christmas song. The little drummer boy with, of course, Bing, Bing Crosby. Oh, and that was a masterful version. Just Which apparently he, and... yeah, he only did to make his mom happy, I guess. Oh, was that right? Yeah. She was thrilled to see her son singing with Bing. And I guess, and I guess uh, Crosby had a Christmas special where they actually performed it. And I remember seeing that and saying, wow, that was, uh... because you had the old 40s and then you had the new Poppy, not Poppy. He was even more than Poppy. He was just kind of a genius. But um uh, just that blend of the old and the new is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. What else on the eggnog list? Every song I carefully pick. This has never been something that... Um, you take it very I just, seriously. I just kind of throw it together. Right. Yeah, I try and put uh, what I would call bangers on there. So every song Excellent. should not want to send anyone to the fast forward button or be like, all right, enough of this. And uh, Oh, uh, I, I will tell you my, my favorite this year, and it's number two on, on the list, uh, Nora Jones put out a Christmas record, hmm. and oddly enough, she did a version of the Christmas Waltz, which didn't make the record. It was somehow mm-hmm. released as a separate single, but Nora Jones did the Christmas Waltz this year, and I now believe it to be the best version of the Christmas Waltz that's been hmm. done ever. Yeah, she's a beautiful singer. Ever. A beautiful singer. Who has the most famous version of the Christmas Waltz? Oh, yeah. Rose, Rose, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary yeah. Clooney. And Frank's got a good version of the, of the Christmas Waltz. But Nora Jones, my God, this the arrangement is, is so, like, it's smoky jazz club yeah. gorgeous. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And then she's just pouring silk all over the top of it. So. <laughs> That's, That's a great the only description. Way I can, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a great description. <laughs> yes, that's, that's uh, so you were mentioning uh, the Italy song. So the one that was famous in my neighborhood was uh, Dominic the Donkey. You remember that one? <laughs> yes, I am not so a fan it, it, of that it, song. Well, it's a bizarre song. I mean, what it does is, Italy yeah. have to do with Christmas? But I will say, since this is a political show, uh, we tried it. <laughs> uh, little, little, I mean, Italy was voted the best country in the world recently by the economists. They have 90% vaccinated rate. Uh, their team won the European soccer championship, all these different things. But I had a real good friend who passed away last week, Johnny Caput. And uh, we used to play Christmas songs and John would ensure that Dominic the donkey was in there. I had never heard it. And of course, it's got the zing and a zing. Dominic has, what does Italy have to do with, with, um, with Christmas? But um, we had so much fun with that song. And saying you talked about Must Be Santa. Must Be Santa is kind of the modern 12 days of Christmas. You know, you've got all these, you know, cap on head, suit that's yes. red, special night. Yeah. Mitch Miller did, the, I guess, the most famous version. But it's a real fun party song to do. Zoe Deschanel has a good version of Must Be Santa, too, that she did with the, the, under the She and Him moniker. And they put a Christmas record, I, I think, which mm-hmm. is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. One of the things that I, I, I keep failing to point out when I like say Kelly Clarkson, she put out a Christmas record this year and I went straight for it and I'm like, all right, what do you give me what you got, Kelly? And the problem with it is it sounded so overproduced and polished. The music had no yeah. soul. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then like going back to Nora Jones, you throw on her version of the Christmas Waltz. I mean, that's on Blue Note Records. Wow. So we're talking about like the best of the best. They're playing on the song and they don't need uh you know, a metronome. They don't need to time everything out what they do with the music. Now everything's got to be perfect time and all that stuff. It is, it, it's gorgeous in its simplicity and the fact that it's recorded in, in a way that, that gives it a, a, a more urgency than like, than just, you know, 10 of the best studio guys in the most expensive studio cranking out the most commercial baloney that they can. You know, does that make sense? It does, and it's a beautiful uh, description, gorgeous uh, in its simplicity. You know, Marshall Field was the the, um, the super, I mean, the department store magnet, and he had 12 principles that he lived by, and it was really a cool list, and you should check it out sometime, because he, he puts words together that you wouldn't normally see together, like the power of kindness. But one of the ones he mentions is the dignity of simplicity, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, no, yeah. That's uh, exactly what it is. And now, you know, talking politics, we have the political songs, of course, The War is Over by John Lennon is probably um, the one that that, that kind of rings true the most. And again, I'd love to put put that song to bed, but we just keep having wars and we just keep having conflicts and we just, and every year it seems more poignant, you know. I was listening to, uh, there was an English band called The Alarm. I don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with them. Uh, they did a version of War is Over because Lennon's made it on my first playlist. My first Eggnog playlist was like all the big hits. I burned True. through them. That's why I was like, well, can I do this without playing those songs? So yes. listening to the Alarm version of um, So This Is Christmas, uh, War is Over, and that that chorus, that refrain at the end, War is Over, If You Want It, I just turned to Anjali and said, this has to be the ultimate protest lyric. I mean, that's it. That, that's the that's the end all be all of all protest lyrics. Yeah, war is over if you want it. 
that's it, mic drop. What else? There's nothing else to say. Yes, that's right. That's right. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, so we, you know, that was a Vietnam War protest song. But, you know, we go into Iraq, there's a storm, it's pulling you. You go into Afghanistan, you go mm-hmm. everywhere. It's just, it's just, like you say, it's just, and it's always those kind of songs that stand to the test of time. That's the, that's the worth of a true song. If, if he had released that today, it'd be, it'd be a monster hit again, you know. The great part about that song and, and the importance of it is I'm happy that it's a Christmas song because it, it, it does, it, it lives on forever. It's not a forgotten John Lennon song that you don't right. hear as much right. because it yeah. comes back every year and, 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 it, and, and it's and a great message. message. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a great it's, message. And, and the same with uh, Stevie's uh, someday Christmas, you know, we're not going to mm-hmm. have bombs. We're not going to, and you're right. Christmas is the time to be talking about that. And I'm unfortunately that we don't have that all year round. We don't have yeah. this kind of spirit. The one that always is really bizarre to me too, is the, do they know it's Christmas? You know, it was that, that, that group trying to raise money and it was, um, Band-Aid. Yes. Yeah. Band-Aid. And, um, I just always got a, I mean, you shouldn't be laughing at something like that, but you know, someday they're in the desert. They're in the desert and probably most of them are Muslim. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know about that one. So Bob Geldof, you know, he was responsible for live aid, band aid and night it it, made a night for it. So he recently said uh, something to the effect of, if you really look at, you know, um, do they know it's Christmas? It, it really makes a almost cartoonish caricature of the people that were, were starving and that they were trying to help. Mm-hmm. And that, That's and that when you, yeah. and the lyrics are, are ultimately so cringy, but then on the other <laughs> side of it, you literally had, you know, Bono, Sting, yeah, Boy George, the, you know, the guys from yeah. Ram and they raised mm-hmm. a ton of money. And, and at the yeah. end of the day, uh, if your heart's in the right place and, and you that's do some good, yeah. yeah. That's what it's and, about. But yes, And uh, I still love to listen to that song because of the spectacle of it. So many people <laughs> just, just like are trading lyrics and, and are verses. And it's just like, yeah. The spectacle of it. I love that. I love that. And then uh, what else on the eggnog list this year? Well, you know, I keep forgetting to mention, too, uh, the Philly boy, uh, you – uh, G Love uh, has a song called Christmas Cookies, which I never heard before. Yeah, I think it's only a couple yeah. years old. That's that's great. Good old G Love yes. special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I always love the Run DMC song, too. It's uh, Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Christmas in Hollis. Queens. Yeah. Mama's, Mama's cooking chicken and collard greens. I love that song. <laughs> you, you know, a funny thing about that song. All right. So uh, Bill Adler was an A&R guy at the time. He played them backdoor santa in the studio when they wanted to do a christmas song mm-hmm. and they flipped out ran and wrote christmas and hollis in I don't know, like mere minutes wow and, and recorded the vocals that they looped with with that sample and that became the song bill adler is jewish and he sends out a cd every year called christmas jollies or xmas jollies uh-huh. And he searches the world for like physical copies of Christmas wow. music yeah. and he sends it out every year. But like he goes deep. I mean, like you'll hear obscure bands from the far reaches of, of the earth on his Christmas playlist every year. And a couple of years ago, I emailed him out of the blue on LinkedIn. I'm like, hey, I do a Christmas list, too. And 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 now every year we, we chit chat about 
That's our really Christmas nice. list. That's and really I put nice. a version of uh, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas yes. by a band called Lakeside Dive. <laughs> That he was like, oh my god, I love this version of uh, I want a hippopotamus. But who the heck sticking around saying I want a hippopotamus? Who thinks of that? I I don't know, but if if you have a moment to check out Lakeside Dive, their uh-huh. version is um, not as goofy and yes. uh, a, a kind of a, a fun listen. But it's kind of amazing when you think of your eggnog list, if you've been doing this for almost 10 years and you're doing, say, 15 songs on there and then you times that by day, you got a couple hundred songs on there. Uh, yes, it's 30 songs a year, so 30 Jeez. times nine. Oh, wow. I did repeat two songs. Um, uh, Waitress's uh, Christmas Rapping was yes. on the very first one. And then a couple of years ago, it was the 20th anniversary of the singer's passing. She Oh, um, really? I didn't know she passed. She died right around Christmas time. Uh, so it, it was maybe 22, 23 years ago now. And she was a heavy smoker. She had lung uh, cancer. And uh, it killed her at a very young age. Yeah, she. I love them. I went to see them one time at the Tower Theater in Philly. Oh, you saw that, the waitresses? That's yeah, great. And yeah, and that album had just come out. And my brother, who was just a rock and roll guru, he uh, he found it, and um, she was um, she, that that whole album was just really um, kind of eclectic. It wasn't ska, it wasn't reggae, it wasn't pop. It just it came around the time that Devo was coming out, and it was just a really interesting album. Yeah, uh, the, I know what boys like was there. Yes, big yes, hit, in yes, the, and, yes, and yes. I want to say her name. It's it's Panny. Uh, Patty Donahue, yes. Donahue, and she she passed December 9th, nineteen ninety six. Wow! So in twenty sixteen, she, she, she uh, was. I'm doing some math. Oh, uh, forty. She was forty years old when she passed. Forty years old. Wow! And um, anybody, I, they should go look up that album. Um, I, and I think it was just called The Waitresses, and it's a great album. So yeah, so uh, that so uh, when when she when the anniversary of her passing uh, happened, I put that on the playlist, and 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 I I've quit smoke I quit smoking like maybe two years two three years before that. Yeah, and I was just like, hey, if you're still smoking, yes, you gotta you gotta quit you gotta you gotta figure it out and, and yes. how to do how you're gonna quit because it's time. Yes. And um, there's and I should say, um. Uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and back in the '90s, there was a local band, and you'll 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 love this. It was called Go Dog Go, and their singer at the time was named Father Michael Oliver. He was a Catholic priest <laughs> in Buffalo that had an alternative rock band that played around Buffalo. Ah, that's awesome! In the late '90s, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So, I love that. So one year they put out a Christmas song, and it's called "Christmas Will Find You." Mm. And and it's about, you know, people that are going through, you know, tough times and that, you know, Christmas is, is, isn't about, you know, spending money and, and buying gifts that they're, you know, it's, it's about the birth of Jesus yes and, and that, you know, love and, and, and peace and, and, and the, the betterment of mankind, all that jazz. Uh-huh. And um, it is my all time favorite Christmas song, Christmas will yes. find you. And at the time I had to pull it off of YouTube to put it on the first 
eggnog playlist. Mm-hmm. Last year, I started talking to someone who was because I'd lost contact with Father Mike. He lost, he left the priesthood and moved out of town. We lost contact. Well, obviously, he's in the rock band. He's traveling well, the world now. Well, what's, he he lives now. He lives in Boston now, and he's he's helping. Uh, he works at a at a at a, at a women's home. I think he's yeah. doing something very charitable, but he's just right. no longer right. a priest. Yeah. And um, I was able to get a, a proper copy of of that song so I, I put it on so there's only been two repeats of of, of the same song on my eggnog playlist yeah it's kind of sad we can't play pieces of these songs but i guess there's all that licensing thing and all that kind of crap i, I put them up on soundcloud yes <laughs> and if you were to google the eggnog playlist you should be able to find them if any soundcloud knows. all right that's great you also put out a letter every year which uh, and you had a really um you really had a really cool um item on there about this crazy movie that you saw and then tell us a little bit about that oh the foundation story mm-hmm. oh that 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 has haunted me since i watched it uh, foundation is a tv show on apple and uh it's based on uh isaac that's my star trek ringtone i should I, i'm the producer i didn't tell myself to turn off my ring <laughs> um so uh there's based on isaac asimov's uh the foundation book series and and long story short, uh, someone commits a crime against the empire, the ruling clone mm-hmm. class of. Mm-hmm. It's very sci-fi this, mm-hmm. this show, and the punishment was so unbearably extreme that it's it's haunted me. So the the empire took this woman who committed a crime against them and found every living relative, which was about seven hundred people, and then like every person she's ever known and had a friendship with. So, mm-hmm. you know, family, co-workers, mm-hmm. boyfriends, girlfriends, anyone this person has ever known. So it totaled somewhere just over 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. And he's telling her this as they're sitting in a garden. And he said, I've assembled all those people. And then he kind of turns his hand in the air. Mm-hmm. And now they're all dead. Oh, my gosh. And I just thought, my God, what what a terrible thing mm-hmm. to do to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then what they did to her after that was even worse. But I, things like that always haunt me, and I and yeah, I sure. roll them over in my head for for a while. And and mm-hmm. sometimes that scene will pop into my head. And I thought, how could you put a positive spin on that? Yes. And as I sent my Christmas list, out, it goes out to about two hundred people. Mm-hmm. I thought, how wonderful would it be if instead of you know he killed all those people in her life. He, he, Hey, they're all here. Come on in for a Christmas party. And you got to hang out with every living relative and every person your life has ever affected. As long as you've been alive that are still with us uh, all in one room. I mean, I I would be overwhelmed with joy. Right. I, Mm -hmm. so, and I, and I, every year that the theme of that letter that I, that I include with the eggnog playlist is, you know, uh, you're getting this because you're someone I consider a friend and, and we don't talk as often as we did that, that time that we became friends. And I, and I wish we could have lunch or get a beer or watch a football game or, or, or do something that we used to do that made us friends. That is a wonderful sentiment, my friend. And that's a great way to end this podcast. I appreciate you uh, doing this. And uh, I love the eggnog list. And if people can get on SoundCloud and uh, download it and listen to it, it's a, a wonderful thing. Merry Christmas to you and your family, buddy. 
Merry Christmas to you, Jerry, and Merry Christmas to everyone that listens to Retail Politics. If it wasn't for you guys, oh boy, me and Jerry would just be talking <laughs> to each other. That's exactly right. And a, a Merry Christmas to our executive producer, Mike Gugat. I'm uh, always helping. And, of course, all the guests that we have, um, always dedicating their time. And we've had a, some some really interesting people this year, and we look forward to having more uh, next year. Because next week, no, it won't be next week. We're just going to uh, take a little break for New Year's and the following week. We'll be back with uh, more retail politics to start a new year. And until then, don't forget, always remember to read beyond the headlines. Have a great week and happy holidays. With the front row, award-winning reporter Gerard Shields takes you into the vanishing world of print news to a time when stories were reported, not invented or twisted. Imagine you have press credentials in the front row with Shields throughout his decades-long newspaper career covering political corruption, scandal, and heroics during the critical events of our time. With dozens of Amazon five-star reviews, Shields' latest work, The Front Row, is a passionate study of American journalism while delivering his own invaluable life lessons. The Front Row by Gerard Shields. Available now at Amazon.com.